Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt Love. I am here with Pastor J.D. Greer, and we are continuing our series that is highlighting some of the questions that J.D. unpacks in his book that just came out called Essential Christianity, a great book for people that are new to their faith. If you're discipling somebody, if you're just wanting to explore kind of helpful, quick answers to some really big questions that that come up for everybody who's walking with God, this is a really great resource. So we're kind of going through that, asking some of the questions from the books, highlighting from the book, highlighting some chapters. Um, And so we're going to continue on with that. And the question we have today is, can anyone actually know they will go to heaven? Yeah, you know, Matt, we've talked about this on this podcast before. It's uh, a very important question and one that um, I actually struggle with a lot myself. In fact, uh, not to do a shameless book promo, but I wrote a whole book called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart on this very question. And um, probably it was one of the things that when I started to talk about it at our church, like how much I struggled with the assurance of salvation, I always kind of joke that, you know, if there were a Guinness Book of World's Records for how many times someone could say the sinner's prayer, I would I would hold that record. Um, probably, you know, I am no lie, 5,000 times when I was in high school and college, you know, praying to ask Jesus into my heart. Um, I got saved in every youth camp I ever went to. Um, I think every denomination in America has a record of a J.D. Greer salvation. Um, got baptized four different times. Um, when I started to talk about that, you, it's the look of relief on people's faces saying, that's how I was. And I think there's something about the way that we preach and explain the gospel that some of it is well-intentioned, some of it is just a little sloppy, that ends up giving false assurance to those who shouldn't have it and then keeping assurance from those who should. And so in, 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 in working through the essentials of Christianity from the book of Romans, Paul actually deals with that question in Romans 4 of what is the faith that saves and how do you know that you have it? Um, let me just say, there really is no more important question you'll ever answer. And one of the things that blows my mind is when people act like this is, you know, they're kind of like, well, maybe, you know, I think my chances are pretty good. I'm like, we're dealing with eternity. You know, this is not the kind of thing that you want to get to heaven and be like, oh, well, I thought I was, but, you know, it turns out I was wrong. Um, the Bible wants you to know for sure. In fact, one of the things I actually point out in this chapter is there's a lot of people who think that like God actually wants us to not have assurance because that's his kind of like closet way of making us obey. You know, like, hey, if you if I keep you from that, it'll keep you on your toes. When the Bible talks about the salvation relationship, it talks about it in terms of a father to a child. And I want my kids to have the assurance of my love for them, right? I don't want my kids sitting around thinking when I'm gone on a business trip, you know, like, I wonder if dad's coming back. I've never, in all the business trips I've ever taken, I've never sat my kids down and said, hey, kids, just want you to know, um, daddy's going to be gone for a while. He's, he's going to think about you every day. He loves you. He's going to bring back, you know, a surprise for you. Or maybe he's not your daddy at all. Maybe on this business trip, you know, you're going to learn that you never were his child and that his family actually lived elsewhere. Sit around and think about that and let that lack of assurance propel you to become better children. Um, that's not going to produce better children. It's going to produce neurotic children. In the same way, God wants us to have an assurance of salvation. He wants us to know that we know that we know that we belong to Jesus because it's only in the soil of that kind of security that our love for Christ and our love for others grows. Um, Martin Luther always talked about how insecurity can produce a kind of obedience, but it's an obedience that's fueled by fear and a desire to prove yourself that ultimately will give way to insecurity, pride, jealousy, and even hatred of God. The way I say it in the book and the way I've said it for years is the gospel is not just after obedience. It's after a whole new kind of obedience, 
the obedience that grows from desire, the desire to be close to God. And that comes from the soil of security. So all that to say, Paul wants us to know, and he wants us to know that we have the faith that saves. He defines it in Romans chapter four. All of Romans four is important, of course, because that's where he talks about Abraham and shows you all these different um, angles on the on the beauty of faith. But the one verse where he really, I think, defines it most clearly is Romans 4, 5. And he says, to the one that does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. So trust in him, believes on him who justifies the ungodly. Faith is the belief, the confidence that God has done everything necessary to pay for your sin, the belief that when Jesus said it was finished, it was finished, and then a trust in it, a reception of it, which also implies a surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, believing that he is who he says he is. In this book, and in Stop Asking Jesus in Your Heart, I compare it to sitting down in a chair. The 200 plus pounds of my body are sitting in this chair. That means that when I walked into this room, I looked at this chair, I made a choice that this chair would hold the weight of my body, and I took all the weight off of my two feet, and I've transferred it to this chair. If I had been wrong about that, that would have been embarrassing. I felt, you know, the chair would have collapsed. Everyone would have had a good laugh. So it was actually an important decision. But here's the thing. I don't remember it. I don't remember actually the cognitive processes that led me to say, now thigh muscles, relax, shift the weight of your body into the chair. I don't remember any of that. Well, then if you don't remember it, how do you know that you made the decision to sit down in the chair? Well, duh, it's because I'm sitting in it. That means whether I remembered it or not, there was a point at which I made the decision to to shift my weight to the chair. Well, in the same way, how do you know that you have put faith in Christ for salvation? Is it because you remember the moment? Is it because you wrote it down in your Bible? Is it because you felt like in that moment you were full of faith and confidence in Jesus? And did you have enough faith? Those are all interesting questions, but they're not really relevant when it comes to the question of do you have saving faith? The only question is, what is your posture toward the finished work of Christ and toward the Lordship of Christ? Because you can only be in one of two postures right now. You can either be standing beside the chair, so to speak. You're standing in your hope that you can be good enough to get to heaven. Or you can have shifted your hopes for salvation onto the finished work of Christ. You can be standing as your own Lord, or you can have transferred the trust of Lordship to him and sat down in obedience to him. And whether or not you remember when you made that decision is not as important as the posture you are in now. All that Paul talks about in Romans 4 is not about a past memory of when you exercise faith. It's about a present posture. Are you right now trusting in the finished work of Christ for salvation? And are you right now surrendered to his lordship? If right now listening to this podcast, wherever you are, you are in the posture of trust in his finished work. If I were to ask you, who is the Lord of your life? I don't mean, are you perfect, but but who is the recognized Lord of your life? If the answer to that is Jesus and the answer to the question of what is your hope for heaven is the finished work of Christ, I don't care when you prayed it. I don't care if you remembered it or not. I don't care if it's something you feel like you maybe gradually grew into. You have the faith that saves. I don't mean to say that you grow into salvation. There is a point at which you transfer your trust and obedience to Jesus, but but your understanding, your awareness of when you cross that line may not be as clear and it may feel like a gradual decision, but all you know is right now 
I'm trusting in the finished work of Christ and surrender to him. So I want you to know um, there is a way that you can know that you know that you know that you belong to Jesus. There are multiple dimensions to assurance. Some of it is seeing the fruit in your life. Um, one of it is the the Spirit's work inside of you. It's even answered prayer. The Bible points to a lot of these things as assurance, but the core of them is your awareness that you have trusted in the finished work of Christ and surrendered to his Lordship. It's got a Mike Calhoun. He's actually on our staff now. Uh, many years ago, when I was in the, the midst of all this turmoil of wondering whether or not I was actually saved, and if I could know that I was saved, he, he remember, he opened my Bible. He, he said, let me borrow your Bible, and he opened it to John 3.36, where it says, he that believes in the Son is everlasting life. He that does not believe the Son will never see life, but God's wrath abides on him. And he said, J.D., how many groups of people are there in that verse? I said, well, two, those who believe and those who don't believe. He said, that's right. There's no third category. Right now, you're either, to use my analogy, seated in the chair, believing on the finished work of Christ and surrendered to his lordship, or you're not. There's no third category. So he said, right now, what are you trusting and who are you surrendered to? And I said, Christ. And he said, well, then you have everlasting life. I said, no, 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 but, but I don't remember when it happened. And I don't know if I was sorry enough for my sin. And I don't know if I understood enough about the Trinity and about grace. And he said, you're trying to create a third category. Either right now you are in the posture of belief or you're in the posture of disbelief, which is it? Um, there is a faith that saves and you can know for sure that you have it. All right, thanks so much. Again, just really a really good question. Can anyone actually know they'll go to heaven? And JD, I know you've talked about this stuff before and so in different in different categories, but it's great to see it in, in this resource. And again, um, this is just a really good resource for people that are new in their faith, that are considering Christianity, that are wanting to understand some of the basics of Christianity at a deeper level and answer some of the key questions that every Christian has to has to grapple with and, and understand. Um, if you are interested in the book, Essential Christianity is available right now at thegoodbook.com. We'd love it if you would follow us on social media, visit jdgrew.com for more resources. If you like this, if you like this content, if you like this podcast, go to social media, go to jdgrew.com, and you can find more from Pastor JD. And we will be back next week. Uh, talking about the question, what about the Christian view of sexuality? So we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.